Well, Merry Christmas. I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. This week, we continue our Christmas series, A Little Town, where we look at small places and small people that made a huge impact in their world. Join us this week as we look at the shepherds. Second Sunday of Advent, and we now have two candles that are lit, which means that we're getting close to the coming or the arrival, which is what that word Advent means. It's the coming of Jesus. Arguably, one of the greatest events ever. It's God's plan for us, and only something pure and perfect and Holy could have imagined it. Only divinity could have enacted it, and only righteousness could have endured it. It's God breaking into our world. And when that happened, and when it happens, because it does still happen, God still breaks into our world. And so when that happened many years ago, and when that happens today, everything changes because it's God. And he's the one reaching out to us. This is more than an acquaintance. It's more than a good friend. It's more than a close family member here. It's the one who came to rescue the Holy One, the Perfect One, the Compassionate One. And all of this is for us. Advent, for us. It's really remarkable. And sometimes I think you've got to just step away from the story and everything that's happening and just be amazed and kind of lift your hands up in the air and say, oh my goodness, or wow, or holy cow, or something, because this is God we're talking about, and he's reaching out to me. He's reaching out to you. He's reaching out to us. Advent, Right? See, we should be blown away by this all of the time. Like we should walk around in constant shock and awe that God was even interested in breaking into our world. I mean, why would God even do that? But he did. And when God breaks into your world, what should we do? Last week we said this. When God breaks into your world, Listen. When he breaks into your world, listen. I want you to say that word, listen, with me. Ready? Listen. Again, listen. And I hope that you've had a great time this past week just listening to what God might be saying to you. I got a text in the middle of the week from a friend who was here last Sunday, and he just sent this to me. He said, I am beginning to understand today that God is wonderful. I thought that it was just a great text to receive in the middle of the week. And so I responded and I said, keep listening. God is speaking to you. Keep listening. And today we're going to have some fun with this whole story by looking at a very unique group that played a significant role in the Advent narrative. We're going to say, hello, shepherds. And often we kind of romanticize this group and we see them as being cute, cuddly, and clean. Kind of like our kids, 
or our grandkids on Christmas Eve, right? Like they're cute, they're cuddly, and they're clean. They might not be that way the rest of the year, but on Christmas Eve, that's what they are, right? Okay, well, at least my kids are that way. You guys are on your own. But that's this group. And sometimes we look at the manger scene and we say, oh, the shepherds are there. There they are. And they've got their cute little hats and they've got their bathrobes. And this is just a wonderful scene. But here's the deal. The group we're going to talk about today, the shepherds, are anything but cute, cuddly, and clean. That's just not who they were. It's not reality. But yet God broke into their world, and when he did that, he asked them to do something significant. See, I think this is amazing because once again, we find God doing something that we wouldn't do. We just wouldn't think of this plan. And we find God using people that we wouldn't use but that's what God does, and that's good news for all of us because no matter who you are or where you've been or what you've done, God wants to use you. God has a plan for you, and God is interested in you. And one of the things that kind of just falls out of the story of the shepherds is the fact that if God can use them in light of who they were and their reputation and what they were involved in, if God can use them then God has a place for us. Common places. Common people. Hello, shepherds. So here's our big idea for today. Here's kind of the whole thing. When God breaks into your world, share. That's the word for today. When he comes breaking into your world, be very ready to share. So we find the story of the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. And starting with verse 8, here's what we discover. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby. And the idea here is that they were abiding in these fields. They were staying there, meaning that's where these shepherds lived. So they didn't have a normal home that they stayed in, and then they would go out and take care of the sheep. And then they would go back into the house and they would stay there and it would be nice and it would be warm and there they could get clean and then go back out again to take care of the sheep. No, they lived out in the fields. These shepherds were probably hired hands and like the sheep, they lived off the land. They were staying in the fields nearby. They were abiding there. That's where they lived. They had no home. They lived outside. So they're staying in the fields and they're guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. Now do you see that word appeared? It means to stand at or near a specific place. It means it's up close and it's personal and it carries the idea of being very sudden. So you get the idea here that the shepherds are kind of doing their thing. They have no home. They're just living off the land. They're minding their own business, taking care of sheep because that is their job. That is their responsibility. And now all of a sudden, we have an angel. So this is not a human being. This is an angel, and he's there right up front and close, and some crazy things begin to happen. Here's what it says. 
the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified. You think? As you can imagine, they were a little tipped over. I mean, this is a freak out moment for the shepherds, again, minding their own business, doing their thing. And now we've got an angel up close and personal. It's loud and they're a little freaked out. Verse 10, but the angel reassured them. Hey, don't be afraid, he said, because I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger, And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Actually, I think they probably had a few other words before they said that. Like, oh my goodness, did you just see what happened? There's these angels and yeah, I can't believe this. What is going on here? What's happening to us? And then let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph and there was the baby lying in the manger. All right, let's talk about these shepherds because that's the story. That's basically what happened, but they're not cute, cuddly, and clean. So what's their deal and what do we know about them? There's a couple of thoughts. First of all, these shepherds, there is no doubt that they were despised. Despised, absolutely hated. And they were seen as less than normal, They were lower-class citizens. They didn't have social skills. I mean, they were lacking in all of these areas. These were not people that you would hang around with. As a matter of fact, the shepherds in this day were known for a couple of things, like lying. If you were a shepherd, you were just a liar. That's what you did. That's how you survived. And not only were you a liar, but you were also a thief. And it wasn't unusual because they lived off the land that they would just travel around and they would get onto other people's property and they would begin to steal things and pillage. I mean, it was just a disaster. They were despised. They were liars and stealers. So you can just imagine with me when they walked into town to get supplies or to do whatever they needed to do in a village or in a town, that regular people would get on the other side of the street. Like, oh my goodness, there's shepherds over there. And men would get their family behind them and say, kids, don't look that way because they're liars and they're thieves. And mamas wouldn't let their kids grow up to be shepherds. They just wouldn't do that because they were absolutely despised and hated. They were on the lowest rung of society. There's more. They were considered unclean. 
See, back in the day, if you worked with animals, you had to go through a process where you were considered clean after you had touched an animal. And that ceremony, that process would allow you to worship in the temple. It would allow you to engage in religious activity. If you didn't do that, you were out. Well, the shepherds could care less about that process. And so they were considered religiously unclean. Like you are not welcome in the temple. You cannot be in this place. You cannot worship. No to the shepherds. No, no, no shepherds allowed in this place. The shepherds were actually on the same level as prostitutes in their culture. No, you can't be here. Now, that might not seem like a big deal because if you can't go to church, who really cares? Just go about your life. But in this culture, the temple area was really the hub of society, and it's where you networked. It's where you got things. And so if you couldn't be there, you were in trouble. Even if you were a shepherd who wanted to chase God, like, look, I know my friends are deceivers and they steal things, but that's not who I am. That's what they do, but I'm like a whole different guy. I want to know God. I really want to chase after him. Please let me in so I can learn. They would say, no way. You're a shepherd. You are religiously unclean. You are not welcome. That's not all. They also had no schooling, meaning that they were considered ignorant in this culture. No schooling at all. They weren't wise guys. The wise guys are coming. They're part of the narrative. But that's not these individuals. They had no schooling at all. Philo, a Jewish philosopher that actually lived during the time of the birth of Jesus, had this to say about those who would take care of sheep. Such pursuits are held mean and inglorious. Like, if you want to do that, if that's what you want to chase, that's fine, but just know that is an inglorious thing, and you will be despised, you will not be welcome into the temple, and you're going to have no schooling, you're going to be an ignorant individual, and we're just going to push you to the edges of our culture. We're going to marginalize you, because you don't matter, you don't count. Now, what is so amazing to me about this particular story in this group is that in verses one through seven, we have the birth of Jesus. So we've got Mary and Joseph and the new baby. And then in verse eight, we have the angels appearing to the shepherds, uneducated, unwanted, unclean. But yeah, that's who the angel talked to. And it's very likely that the first individuals on the scene to see this new Messiah were these shepherds, totally marginalized and pushed away. They were the ones to greet the king. Now think about this for a second, because this is God coming. The greatest visitor to earth ever. I mean, nobody is more important than this. So you would think there would be some dignitaries. You would think there would be some... A-lister celebrities that would kind of come out and be a part of this. You would think there would be officials that would come to welcome the new king. We don't have any of that. Instead, we have unclean, 
and unwanted shepherds. And God broke into their world because he wanted them to share. Now, sometimes I've imagined what I would do. I know I haven't been given this task, but let's just imagine for a second that God is coming. Again, the greatest visitor to earth. All right, he is here and he has arrived. Let's put together an amazing marketing plan that has never been seen before. I mean, let's get the word out. Jesus is here. Let's blast social media sites and let's get billboards and let's get bright lights and let's do everything we can to gather the trendsetters of the day and a crowd because a crowd attracts a crowd. So let's get everybody there because this is an amazing event and we want everybody to know that the Messiah has come. That would be my plan. Yeah, God pretty much does the exact opposite of that. He doesn't do that at all. There's no billboards, no A-listers, no officials. And here's the one. Here's the Messiah. Here's the king. Here's the one who is going to rescue the world. And instead, it's shepherds, hated, religiously unclean and uneducated. This is who welcomes the king. So here's what we find in verse 17. It says, after seeing him, so the shepherds come and they actually get a picture of this new Messiah and they see him and the idea of the word seeing there is that they saw with understanding. So it wasn't like, hey, it's a baby, that's great, looks good, congratulations mom and dad. No, they saw with understanding like this is the one I mean, this is the Messiah. This is the rescuer, and we get it. The angels sang about that, freaked us out of it. We're now experiencing it. Here he is. They saw him, and after seeing him, the shepherds then told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. So here's how God got the word out about his son. Nobody important. He just gathered some unclean, dirty shepherds and said, hey, why don't you guys go back into town and begin telling people about me? That was God's plan. It's what he wanted. You share. This is a great idea, isn't it? Well, here's the result. Verse 18. All who heard the shepherd's story, they were astonished. It means they marveled. They were a bit freaked out that these guys had that kind of privilege. But you get the picture here that they're beginning to understand God is working in a whole new way. They marveled. They were astonished. The shepherds then went back to their flocks. Here's what they did. Glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. All right? That's what God's word says. That's what happened. That's how it went down. That's how God began to get the word out about his son. What does all of this mean for us? What do we take away from this? Two takeaways today. Here's number one. Be amazed. I mean, would you just be amazed that God thought of all of this? 
and he sent his son to reach out to us. I mean, again, we should just kind of step back and be blown away by this in shock and awe that God had any interest in reaching out to us, me, I know what I'm like, and you know what you're like, and yet God cared enough to initiate this plan. Would you just be amazed for the first time or be amazed again? You know, maybe you're here and you would say nobody's ever reached out to you. Nobody's ever really cared specifically for you. Would you just know that what we gather from Luke chapter 2 in the whole Advent season is that God has reached out to you? He has. God cares about you. And if nobody else has done that, God has. And maybe today is the day where you get amazed for the very first time that there is a God who cares about you and wants to have that forever friendship with you. And he made it possible for us to do that. And maybe today is the day where you just trust in him alone to rescue you and save you. Would you allow that to happen? Would you be amazed? You know, maybe that's something that you've walked through. You've trusted in Christ alone and you've taken that step at some point in your life. Can I ask you this question? Are you still amazed? I mean, just the thought of what God has done kind of overwhelm you occasionally. Are you amazed at the depth of his love that can't even be described, can't even be painted? You can't even talk about it because there are no words to say how deep this really is. And are you amazed by that every once in a while where you just step back and say, oh my goodness, this is God and he's reached out to me. See, I think sometimes it becomes a little old, doesn't it? Like, yeah, you know, whatever. I'll go to church and we'll read a little bit and that's all good. I'm talking about really being amazed and just in shock that God cares about me. And so if you've trusted in Christ, have you been amazed recently and just a little overwhelmed at how incredible God really is? Be amazed. Be amazed. After the shepherds had their wow, God moment, and it was just kind of a crazy thing for them, they decided we've got to go back and we've got to begin to tell people because this is what God wants. And so that kind of leads to takeaway number two. And that is, it's time to share. This is for all of us now. It's time to share. It's December the 9th, which means Christmas is close. And hopefully you're getting ready for that, but it's going to be here fast. And this is a time of the year where people are open to conversations. A lot of people celebrate this. It's Christmas. It's the season. And people are open to these conversations and they are open to invites. And so it's time to share. The candle of the way tells us that God has provided something for people to enter into this friendship with him. And if we don't share, if we don't invite, then we might miss out on an amazing opportunity to let people find the rescuer, the Messiah, the one who came, the one who arrived for us. So it's time to share. 
It's time to share. And who knows that God might not use some of you and me to help people marvel and be astonished that God has come. It's time to share. And sometimes that can be a really challenging and difficult thing. Now, how do you go about the process? What do you say? What do you do? And so to help us all act like the shepherds and invite people into the Christmas story, we've got a tool for you to grab today. It's a book called The Case for Christmas. And I would encourage you to go out to the Just For You area and ask for this book. It's free. You can have it. But here's the deal. It's not for you. You got to give it away to somebody. This is a wonderful book that's written by an individual who used to be an atheist, didn't believe in God, and then guess what happened? God kind of broke into his world, and now he's sharing. And so I want to encourage you to grab this book and think about an individual that you can give this to. People like gifts. There's even a spot in the front where you can write a little note and make it all warm and fuzzy, and that'll be a wonderful thing. And you'll be sharing because it's time to do this. Inside, there's also an invite card to our Christmas Eve gatherings, and you're going to get some of these on the way out the door too, and you can share those. And there's other information about our church where they can get to our website. So uniquely, you have the opportunity with a gift during the season to say, hey, I just want to give this to you. And you'll be sharing and inviting. I think it's a powerful thing, and I'd encourage you to take advantage of that. Now, the 915 people were really aggressive. Like, slow down 915 and leave a few books for 11 o'clock. So I hope there are some available for you, but we need to give them all away. So not for you. Take it and share, because it's time to share. And this is what we learned from the example of these crazy shepherds. You know, the shepherds, common people, but God broke into their world. Doesn't seem like a likely group that God would use, but I don't know if we're that likely either. Yet God's breaking into our world as well. And when he did that with the shepherds, they just got crazy and they started to share and that made a difference. And the same thing can happen for us. Because when God breaks into your world, no matter how unremarkable of a place you feel that you've come from, and no matter how unimpressive you may feel, God wants us to share. So let's share. Father, we're thankful for some time today to just look at this amazing story in Luke chapter 2 that talks about this unlikely group of individuals that you used to announce the coming of your son. God, it seems a little crazy that you would use hated people, those who weren't considered clean and worthy, those who were uneducated, to share the arrival of the greatest person ever to visit earth. Yeah, that's exactly what you did. And so we're amazed. We're amazed because you are a wonderful God. Wonderful I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. Maybe today God's kind of whispering into your heart and you're listening to him. It's a good thing. 
So maybe you're understanding and you're getting for the very first time that there is a God who cares about you and loves you and has made a way for you to know him. And you're ready to embrace that God. You want that forever friend who will never leave you, who will be with you every step of the way. You're ready for that. You want to trust in him alone. If you've never done that before, then I would just encourage you from your heart to God's ears, you just say this silently to him. God, thank you for providing a way for me. Thank you for loving me. I know I'm a sinner. I know I fall short of you. But yet now I ask you to come into my life. Lead me. Rescue me. I trust in you alone. If that's something that you've offered up to God for the very first time today, I want to say to you that you're going to have the greatest Christmas ever because you have found the way. You have this friend in God and he will never leave you. He's the one who came to rescue you. I'd encourage you to share that with somebody. Share it. With heads still bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're here and again, that's something you've already done, but you're understanding, maybe it's gotten a little old for you and you're no longer that amazed at the depth of God's love. Would you just take a second and allow that to kind of overwhelm you in this moment? Allow that to just kind of penetrate your heart and your mind that God loved you enough to do all of this advent for us. Be overwhelmed, be amazed. And then would you just commit to sharing? Say God never designed for his gift to be something that we just keep on the inside, that we keep to ourselves. His gift is designed to be given away, to be shared with others. And so it's time to share. It's time to give that out and help other people find the way, the rescuer, the one who came. Would you just commit to being an individual who shares? God, we just give all of this to you and we place it at your feet. We're so thankful for who you are and for the gift of Jesus. God, help us to be overwhelmed, overwhelmed with your love for us. May it change us and drive us to share the gift. We pray this now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.